Did you know approximately 70% of people in America does not get adequate sleep and are sleep deprived? One third of those get six hours of sleep or less, which is double the rate from 50 years ago. And an estimated 50 to 70 million Americans suffer from chronic sleep disorders and it is now declared by the Center of Disease Control and Prevention as a public health epidemic. Research has shown that the lack of sleep decreases our cognitive functions, our ability to think logically and to remember. Children get at least one minute of sleep less each year or the equivalent to two hours less than a century ago. One in every five car crashes are a result of drowsy driving. Every month, 56 million people admit to struggling to stay awake while driving. Eight million of them lose that struggle and fall asleep behind the wheel, causing one million crashes every year with 500,000 injuries per year. 55,000 of those are debilitating or seriously injured, causing 7,000 deaths, which equals one out of every five car crashes that are a result of sleep deprivation or deficiency. Wow, that was a heavy introduction. Welcome, or welcome back, to Wellness Through the Lens of Love. I am Willita Mooring, health and wellness expert and lifestyle coach. As always, it is a joy and a pleasure to be with you again. In this episode, we will dive into the healing power of sleep and meditation. Is one better than the other? Or can you benefit from both sleep and meditation on a daily base? Is one more important than the other? I think not. Each has the ability to enhance the body's ability to heal, become more energized, and focus better. So why do we need to sleep? Well, research shows that our sleep quality is far more important than our diet or our exercises, and this is why. Sleep fulfills many basic biological functions in the body and brain. Although the brain is only 2% of our total weight, it uses 20% more energy than any other part of the body. Help. Sleep helps us to maintain focus, attention, and alertness, and is why it is vitally important for children to get ample hours of sleep before sending them off to school. As for adults, the same thing applies. Driving, working, or attempting to be creative will fall short without the proper amount of sleep. Our reaction time is greatly reduced while operating with little sleep. 
The beauty of sleep is it helps to replenish the energy expended during the daytime. It also helps to maintain a healthy brain. The brain is 80% water, 11% fat, 6% protein, and a smattering of other stuff. Generally, when we are sleepy, all it really requires is about 16 to 20 ounces of water, possibly with a splash of lemon and just a hint of sea or Celtic salt before even reaching for caffeine. You would be pleasantly surprised. And just to be clear, the water that I'm talking about drinking while being sleepy is during your work hours. It's not necessary to drink that amount of water if you're just tired and sleepy right before bed. It's if you want to be energized and not reach for caffeine. Okay, so let's continue talking about what good sleep will help your brain do. Uh, it keeps parts of the brain that are responsible to all of our senses truly heightened. For instance, the inferior parietal cortex. This is the sensory information that comes from the eyes, ears, and touch. There's the occipital cortex. This is all about the vision. And when you are really tired, you can miss things right in front of you. You create blind spots. There's the thalamus, which relays sensory information to the motor cortex. And then there is the prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for judgment and control. Now think about this for a moment. Imagine one of those times where you decided to get behind the wheel knowing that you were tired. Did you feel like you were at your best? Do you feel... Did you feel as if your senses were at their best? I think not. Generally, it feels like you are in a drugged state, a drug-induced tiredness, and that's not good for anyone. So sleep also repairs and maintains brain cells. It prunes connection and removes toxins. It also prevents the buildup of metabolites, which are a metabolic byproduct produced from the high energy utilized by the brain, which creates brain debris and toxins to the neurons. During sleep, newly developed lymphatic channels expand and flush out those toxins. Sleep also helps the heart the blood pressure, and the cardiovascular system function and recover better. Sleep also maintains health of the immune system, making it resilient to infection. There was a research done, and it shows where people who are sleep-deprived just a week prior to them getting their vaccination, they are more inclined to respond with flu-like symptoms, COVID-like symptoms, and the like. Those who are sleep-deprived are more likely to get colds and flu-like symptoms. They're more likely to gain weight, increase their hunger, increase glucose level, and even increase their chances of 
heading towards obesity. The whole body and emotions are altered or impaired with sleep deprivation. It is also linked to increased rates and growth of various cancers. So while we're still on this train, it shows, or the research has shown, that one out of every five students or every five school boys in the U.S. has been diagnosed with ADHD. And when they looked, when they compared the symptoms of ADHD to the symptoms of those sleep-deprived, they matched almost 100%. So quite often, ADHD is misdiagnosed and it is clearly sleep deprivation. Now, some health consequences from sleep deprivation, just to rattle them off, um, risk of diabetes, cancer, weight gain, vaccination response, burnout, infection risk, cardiovascular disease, distractibility, uh, hormone regulation, hyperactivity, irritability, emotional instability, depression, cognitive impairment. With sleep, it's considered memory evolution. And what that simply means is the more sleep a person gets, good quality sleep, new information that comes in becomes cemented forever, increasing their ability to recall. Whereas sleep deficiency or deprivation, memories of events are separated as time goes on. Untreated, sleep can lead to, uh, um, yes, sleep can lead to sleep apnea, which increases the risk of cardiovascular diseases, and even death by 420%. Men um, who sleep four hours or less per night, they decrease their levels of testosterone by an amount that is equivalent to 11 years of aging. I say, men, go on and redo how you sleep. Set a timer. Start going to bed at 10 o'clock. Increase your testosterone. More than your aging is at risk. The brain produces adenosine, which is a chemical receptor. It, um, It is made in the brain at the time that you are becoming drowsy. During this time, your first choice should not be to pick up some caffeine to make you a little bit more alert to get through the rest of the day because caffeine acts as a blocker of the adenosine receptor. Once again, consider drinking a little citrus water to pull you through. Now let's look at some sleep stealers. Uh, Overuse of electronic devices like your tablets just before bedtime stimulates you and keeps you engaged. It bathes you in blue lights, shifts the circadian rhythm to a later time, and it also suppresses the hormone melatonin. Caffeine has a a shelf life or a half-life of six 
to nine hours. So that means six to nine hours it will remain in your system, thereby setting your circadian rhythm back also. So what can we do to thrive, you know, sleep to thrive? My favorite thing is to create a ritual. Set your alarm clock about an hour ahead of time to signal the wind-down process. What would that look like for you? For me, I will unplug at least 30 minutes ahead all of my electronics and decide what stretch I'm going to do. I'm a big fan of slow movements right before bedtime or at least <laughs> at least five, ten minutes of like just gentle jumping. It's kind of a lymphatic move that helps to rid the body of excess fluid and toxins. Uh, I may shower and then get cool. Definitely I work on eliminating as much electronics as possible. I am not always successful, so I could always tell because those are the nights that I have, you know, more troubles with sleep. Ideally, we want to get between seven and eight hours of sleep. Before that, drink some water before retiring. Yes, I know it's going to be an inconvenience for you to get up and use the bathroom two to three times out of the night. I have to tell you, I would much rather do that than to sleep on a full bladder for the rest of the evening because that information or that, that uh, bladder, that uh, urination will be reabsorbed into the system. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather just walk to the toilet and get rid of it. Studies have shown that when you are learning new information, it definitely sticks when you sleep more. Sleep makes perfect, or it increases your chances to recall. Now, consider making sleep a priority. First, honor the circadian rhythm. As our body and brain tends to sync with the daily circadian rhythm, the wind-down period becomes noticeable when the sun sets. Our body slows down and gets cooler in preparation for sleep. Falling asleep before 10 p.m. is optimal due to the melatonin secretion, which is also involved with fat loss. However, Know when you're going to wake up the next morning and just work backwards. And here is what I mean. You know you're going to wake up about 6 a.m. So 10 p.m. would be an ideal time to go to sleep. That would give you at least eight hours of sleep. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I'm sure you do. Another thing is to... Uh, check your temperature in your bedroom. Research shows that the cooler the bedroom, the better the sleep. So what does that mean to you and me? 52, no, I'm sorry, 58 to 62 degrees would be considered optimal for, for rest. Lower your lights. 
turn off the electronics, consider the shower or Epsom salt bath, or perhaps even a sauna. An ice plunge for your feet, at least 20 minutes. And I'm here to tell you on those occasions where I actually do this, I feel as if someone slipped me a Mickey. I go through a couple of metabolic changes and temperature changes. At first, my feet are aching from the ice, and then all of a sudden I feel my body heat up. And then it'll get cool, and then it'll heat up again. And then it feels as if somebody has just given me a sleeping pill, at which point the 20 minutes are over, and I can slip right into bed and sleep uninterrupted for the rest of the night. Another thing to consider is relaxing music. Perhaps you don't know how to sleep without something in the background. Well, choose relaxing music or a white noise machine or consider oming yourself to sleep. Essential oils are really very good. Uh, you've got chamomile, you've got lavender, you've got bergamot, you have got a whole host of essential oils that will act as a nervine, a sedative, and a relaxant. And any of them are very good, either on the corners of your pillow, or you can put it in your bath water, or you can just put a couple of drops on your fingertips and rub your sternum. You will breathe that in all night and it definitely aids in a better quality sleep. And another thing that most people don't think about that is really quite helpful is iPads and a mouth guard. Mouth guard keeps you from clamping down on your teeth, thereby interrupting your sleep, while the iPads will minimize any of the light coming in through your eyes. Now, keep in mind, if there's light in the room, the light will still enter by way of your skin, any exposed skin. However, if the skin is underneath the cover because it's cool in your room, you're good as gold. So consider those. So now, what about meditation? Sleeping versus meditation. With meditation, you remain alert, awake, and aware using your conscious and subconscious mind. While in sleep, the brain takes a break, lacks awareness, and you're operating from your subconscious and unconscious mind. So, let's get into meditation. What is meditation? Meditation is a state of no mind. That's right, no mind. It is a practice of focusing on an object, word or words, color, sounds, breath, or ohms to bring about a peaceful state of no mind. Mindfulness and heightened awareness is a preferred state that brings about mental-emotional homeostasis and physical well-being. It can be done anywhere when trained properly. Do not strain and do not run from thoughts or images as they pop up, especially during your first 
first tries with meditations. Should anything pop up, look at it briefly and go back to focusing on your breath. Meditation requires practice. If only a few minutes a day, it requires practice. Why would anyone want to consider meditation? First, let's look at what meditation is not. Meditation is not a religious practice, nor is it evil and meant to be practiced by monks and masters only. Meditation is for everyone at any time to bring about peaceful states of no mind. Let's look at some of the benefits. Meditation gives you an escape whenever you want or need one. It reduces stress, anxiety, and cortisol by releasing endorphins, making you feel happier and more energetic. Meditation retrains the brain and prevents burnout. It increases patience and tolerance, increases imagination, creativity, and you become more productive. It increases sexual arousal, and that alone will increase your imagination, creativity, and help you be more productive. Meditation promotes emotional health and heightens spiritual awakening. It enhances self-awareness and well-being. It enhances serotonin levels, a chemical produced by the nerve cells, and is a natural mood stabilizer. It promotes mindful eating, reduces food craving, and and promotes physical activities. It lengthens attention span while minimizing brain fog. It can reduce age-related memory loss. It can generate kindness and heighten states of forgiveness and intuition. It minimizes negative thoughts and emotions and past wrongs. It helps to fight addiction and bad habits by focusing and having no mind. It helps to reduce blood pressure, control pain, and reduce inflammation. It enhances your metabolism, aids in digestion, and helps to lose weight. It can reverse long-term health complaints. Meditation also helps you sleep. It improves the quality of your sleep. It helps you harmonize and create your best reality. And those are my personal favorites. So are there any contraindication to meditation? Are there individuals who should not meditate? The answer is not really. However, psychologists and psychoanalysts, they seem to believe that uh, meditation can cause anxiety attack for those who have past traumas, past negative emotions. So yes, 
these individuals will visit those situations, though we don't believe that there's any harm that can come from it. With practice, you ease your way through these moments. So if you don't feel comfortable uh, going through a meditation session by yourself, always be in the presence of someone that you trust and can guide you through it. We look at these interruptions or these anxieties that can happen from meditation as healing crises. And that's something that happens with all of us regardless of what natural remedy we choose. Our body will always visit some kind of healing crisis. There's nothing wrong with it unless you don't understand what's really going on. And I'll discuss healing crisis in one of the upcoming episodes. So what are some of the types of meditation? There are so many, so many. Of course you know that with all meditations you want to monitor your breath. And while doing that, you can choose to visualize. Visualization gives your mind something to do. You can chant. Om Mani Padme Hum is always a favorite of mine. And we discussed this in the last episode. And if you would like for me to just do an episode just on chanting, I would be more than happy to do so. Another chant could be Love is Miraculous. Love is healing. And you can do that for hmm, 10, 15 minutes, an hour or two. You let your body guide you through. A simple meditation is to count. As you are monitoring your breath and your eyes are closed, you're going to count backwards from 100 to 1. See the numbers and say the numbers. You can do this in an inaudible fashion or audibly. There is a meditation of feeling. And this is while monitoring your breath and your eyes are closed and your tongue is at the roof of your mouth. You're going to feel the sensation of the wind on your skin or the rain on your face. You can come up with something just Make that meditation about feeling something. Uh, Moving. Uh, Moving, this is kind of, not kind of, it is like dancing slowly. And it's preferred if there's some rhythmic and tribal drums in the background. Any kind of music would suffice as long as it brings you into peace. Keep it in the background and sway accordingly. Listen to your body and follow what it is telling you. The love meditation. The love meditation simply requires you to remember a time when you were in the presence of love. Anytime I think about the birth of my two girls, I'm in the presence of love. And that sensation I can hang on to. And before I know it, what I intended to be a five-minute meditation turns out to be an hour meditation. Because love 
is the greatest healer of all. Why not hang out in it and just continue to monitor your breath? There is a guided meditation, and this can go in the direction of your guide. This is always a good way to go for first-time meditators. There is the prayer bead meditation, where there are 108 beads for 108 opportunities to say or visualize whatever your focused intention is. You softly recite it very much like a mantra, or it can be a short declarative prayer, an I am prayer, like I am worthy, I am love, I am in the presence of divine love. You get the picture. You can just say that 100 times. But once again, one of my favorites would be Om Mane Padme Hom because it encompasses all that I've just said, and more. Another easy uh, meditation is going to be a body scan. And this can be done in a sitting position, lying down, or standing. Because I've done this a while, I tend to stand so I can feel my body move organically, and I just let... I allow my body to do what it needs to do while I stand with my eyes closed. The body scan, you're going to draw your attention from your feet to your head or your head to your feet. And you just watch the light raise up from your ankles up to your knees your thighs, your hips, your low back, each vertebra, your torso, your shoulders, arms, elbows, hands, neck, face, head, and back down again. Not nearly as fast as that. You just hang out in the sensation of looking at your body from the inside out. Walking meditation, this is a great one, and it is also very simple. The walking meditation with your eyes and tongue up. So that means your eyes are pointing in the direction of the sky. Your tongue is at the roof of your mouth, otherwise known as the palate, and it's going to be placed in the middle of the hollow, which is known as the palatine fold. I was first introduced to this style of walking at one of my grand openings for the wellness center in school. It was so simple and yet so profound. This meditative walk is also known as the cancer walk. And when done regularly, it has the ability to reverse many ailments, including the big C. While walking slowly and deliberately, you flow both arms across your body with palm side down. 
You're going to do the same to the other side. You're going to walk this way to 10, 15 minutes or longer. Now, here's what you should know. When you walk forward, so let's just say your left foot is forward, then you're going to flow your arms to the left, and then when your right arm goes, when your left, yes, when the opposite leg goes forward, then your arms flow in the opposite direction. Now, because there is a backward walk component to this, the opposite is true. When you walk backwards and that left is leading, your hands are going to be to that side. You'll get it once you practice it. It is just nice and effortlessly. All the while, your tongue is going to be in that palatine fold. During this time, your mouth is going to water. Do not spit that out. You swallow it. It is known as the elixir of life. At that time, your body is self-regulating and healing, and that fluid that is collecting in your mouth is fluid or an elixir of life. So, let's talk about one more meditation, and this one tends to be really fun. And it could take you in any direction, in love, so to speak. While you are in your meditative posture and watching your breath, you know, focusing on your breath, now you're going to choose your favorite animal or animals and observe them in their natural habitat. So my favorite animal and or insect, just to give you uh, a little bit of knowledge about me, my favorite animals tend to be birds and flying things. So that's going to be the hummingbird, dragonfly, butterfly, and prey mantis. You can also observe yourself climbing your favorite trees. So my favorite trees are giant trees. That's going to be the giant redwoods, the sequoias, the angel oak trees, the banyan trees, and I love the bamboo forest of Japan and Maui. I've had the fortune to visit the one in Maui, and it is my, my deep desire to go to Japan and visit the, the bamboo garden there. In this kind of meditation, you will experience heightened senses, because for all intents and purposes, you are wherever your mind takes you. So if you are sitting there watching the wings of a hummingbird flap around the sugar water, or the dragonflies flying all willy-nilly, the praying mantis rubbing their hands together as if they're on a mission, and the butterfly effortlessly just gliding through the air, time will go by in your meditative mind. That's a beautiful thing because all of those creatures that I just mentioned, they represent love. So you will be in a state of love. 
Why would you want to leave that? Be creative in your meditative sessions. Let your mind be your guide. So how do you start meditating? First and foremost, decide on your intention, even if it's just to find some peace in that moment. You're going to get in a comfortable seated position with an erect spine and with feet placed on the floor, flat on the floor, or you can choose to fold your legs and have your ankles in your thigh or Indian sit, which is a more relaxed version of what I just described. You're going to close your eyes slightly and start to deepen your breath. You will inhale slowly and deeply. You're going to pay attention to your breath for 5, 10, or 15 minutes just to start. When you are ready to come out of the simple meditation, return your breath to normal and slowly move the different parts of your body to reintegrate and then check to see how you are feeling. Bask in the in that sensation and when you are ready, you can slowly move about. How long should a meditation session take? Well, in the beginning, five to ten minutes, three times a week is just fine. Ideally, daily is preferred. With practice and frequency, you will naturally deepen and lengthen your meditative practice. In the beginning, don't be so hard on yourself. Let it happen for you in the gentlest of ways. Each meditation session will be different as your body and brain adjust to the increased dedicated breathing and calm. You are not being graded for your performance, so just ease into it. Maintain the stillness as long as you can and slowly and gently come out of it. Take a few breaths. Slowly open your eyes and feel the sensation of peace, love, and gratitude. Since this episode is on the healing power of sleep and meditation, let me end with meditation and bedtime. Sleep meditation helps to increase the quality of sleep by creating the inner conditions needed for a good night's rest. The mind becomes restful and the body is in a preferred relaxed state. Research shows that meditation lowers heart rate by igniting the parasympathetic nervous system and encourages slower breathing, thereby increasing the opportunity for a good quality sleep. Why wouldn't you want to? Engage in slow breathing and restful state right before bedtime. Try it out. 
you will not be disappointed. Well, my dears, you made it to the end again. It is my desire that you find some helpful and useful information that you can implement immediately. In the meantime, should this podcast be something that interests you, I would be grateful to you for joining me every Monday for a new episode. Tell three friends and let's build a community together. This podcast is my way of giving back, sharing my knowledge and experience of wellness through the lens of love is a joy and I do it gladly. From time to time, I will bring to your attention a health product, a book or technology that has helped me along the way and can do the same for you. It is your choice to purchase or not. Wellness through the lens of love will change your life for the better, inside and out and on its own. Wellness is your birthright. You just have to choose it. Needless to say, I am so excited for this journey we are taking together. I want you to remember these two things. Love is the greatest healer of all, and I love loving you. Until the next time.